Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25-year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired. And if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at www.retailu.ca. And I'll see you on a live call soon. All right, we are live. Um, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome, Lynn, to The Positive Effect. Thank you so much. So, you know, it's been a bit of a while. I've been busy, if you've been following me on LinkedIn, like helping some retail clients running around North America, doing some coaching and training. But I'm really excited to come back and thank you to everybody who's been following along and subscribing and sharing this because these conversations are golden. And I've been trying to sync up with Lynn uh, since the last season. So I'm really happy that you're the first person on season three of The Positive Effect. And we're going to dive into your career, your lessons learned, and talk all about leadership and, and retail, my two favorite subjects today. But before we get started, I just want to say, if you're joining us live, thank you so much. Um, you know, if you're new to us, share it, post, tag somebody, share this conversation in your LinkedIn feed. If you watch it on, uh, if, or if you follow the podcast, share it, tag somebody, because it's an amazing conversation. And there's not a lot of these conversations around about retail leadership and a career choice in retail. And so put your name in the chat where you're coming from, and uh, and I'll go back and have a, a read of them afterwards. But with that, welcome, Lynn. <laughs> you know, and I have to tell you, if you haven't picked up April's book yet, this is one to buy. I already got my post-it notes in there. It is terrific. So go well, out and get that. Thanks for the shameless plug. <laughs> well, I, you didn't ask me to do it. I just totally, totally wanted to do that. I uh, really enjoyed it. So. All right. Thank you. Well, I want to really learn more about you today and then get to share this with our audience, our Retail You audience and wider audience on LinkedIn and all the platforms that we're on right now. So I want you to start off, Lynn, telling us about your retail career. And, you know, Ron, a friend of Ours always says, you know, the accidental career. He talks about that in the book Retail Pride. So the first question I always ask people on this show is, was your retail career accidental or intentional? You know, I always thought it was accidental. And then I sat with my 83-year-old aunt recently, and she goes, you were a retailer when you were like five. You would take, my mom would come home from work with these gigantic candies that you would get at the, at the movie theater. And she would buy me all these different candies. And then I would turn around and sell them. <laughs> Five. And when I was bored, I would just make sure all of the all the cans in the cupboard were faced out front and brought to the front. I was a retailer before I knew I was a retailer. And I had to be reminded of this uh, from my, my, my elder aunt. So oh my um, for years, oh. I said, oh, I fell into it because I needed to pay for college. And I believe that. And that is, in fact, true. 
but when I really go back and I talk to my family, um, they're like, your favorite toy was a cash register. Do not fool yourself. So, oh, I love that. So perhaps it wasn't accidental. <laughs> it wasn't accidental. That's I great. love that. But I, I did end up, um, just like most of us, you know, I needed to pay for college and I needed a job that would work around my school schedule, you know? Got a job at a clothing store in Roosevelt Field. I want to say I was 17. Um, and I fell in love. Mm-hmm. I fell in love. Um, there are There's people that I met there who I haven't seen in, I, I don't know, 30 years, more than 30 years, that till today I think about how they inspired me. So and I know we'll talk about stuff like that later. But yeah, yeah I started as a sales girl, worked my way up to a key holder and a lead cashier. And boy, when I got my first set of keys to a store, I thought I had made it. I'm like, oh, I am, I am there. I have made it. And then I got, I became a store manager and I'm like, I get to hire people. And every step of the way, I thought it couldn't get any better. And oh. I felt that way for more than 25 years. I felt. Well, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to dive more into your career. I love that. I can already feel your passion and your energy around retail. I can see a few of our usual people showing up. Hi, Ron. Ron's joining us from Colorado from the Airstream on his Retail Pride Tour. So thank you. We appreciate you. Um, but Lynn, walk us through your retail career. Like we just heard a little bit of the beginning of how it started. But you you know, your last role, much like me, was a vice president role, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I love these stories because, you know, some of our audience are like store managers, assistant managers, district managers, regional directors, all different levels, really. And they're always like, you know, how do, how do I, you know, what's my career trajectory in retail and what can I do and how can I make a bigger difference? And so I think it's really inspiring for them to hear from people like me and you like how we did it, what we did, and what we learned along the way. So walk us through an overview of your career, the the companies that you worked for, the roles that you had, and like really the lessons learned along the way. Sure, sure. Um, Well, my first key holder position was at a store called Speedo Authentic Fitness. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the little Speedos that men wear on the beach, they had stores back in the day, and I was a key holder there. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, I was the second store that they had opened. And by the time I left, they had a hundred, not really understanding the workings of how a growing retail organization works. I just knew that they needed me. You need me to go into the city. Okay. You need me to go train somebody. Okay. I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm not thinking about what a career path could look like. I'm just like really excited to be tapped for these little projects. And the more projects I took on, the more visibility from corporate I was able to get. Next thing you know, and I'm a store manager. Well, with that role came opening new stores and helping new store managers. And I didn't know anything about being ready for next. There wasn't a, there wasn't somebody's career who I watched to, to know that at the time. Next thing you know it, I'm running New Jersey. I'm 23 years old. <laughs> I didn't know that the things that I was doing was setting me up for these career moves. Now, once mm-hmm. I got to the DM position in New Jersey as a, at a very young age, as you all could imagine, I wasn't really prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I was just a really hard worker and really eager to help and wanting to help. 
Um, but it wasn't a very good DM. You know, I just thought I had to do it also. I did, and people didn't like me much. And, you know, it was what it was. Um, and the commute to New Jersey from Long Island, I will have all of you know, is not pleasant. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just say that. So as my career progressed, I, I did leave Speedo when they had a hundred stores. And I was very grateful for the opportunity at such a young age to really do it all you know, from store openings to hiring, to trainings, product feedback, going to the corporate office. I mean, it's got, that was like from zero to a hundred. And mm. I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I'll never forget that. And from there, it really just started to move. I, uh, I decided to take a role with, I think it was, who was next? I want to say after Speedo was Claire's Accessories. And Claire's was very cool. What I liked about Claire's, what, and everyone's like, how do you work with those little? Yeah. <laughs> actually not as bad as anyone would think, okay? It's not, if you're organized, you're good. So I had um, New York City, I had Brooklyn, I had Queens and part of Long Island as my district. And Claire's was dabbling in the um, clothing business. So they had mm -hmm. some icing stores that had a couple of tea stands with clothes, which was kind of fun because doing the jewelry is nice, but I really wasn't more of an apparel person or felt like I was. Right. And I had some great visibility being in Manhattan and kept doing what I always do. You need me to do this? Okay, no problem. And I go do it. Or somebody has a problem in a store. You need me to help them or train them or bring them to me? No problem. And my answer to, to all of that was always whatever I can do to help. Mm. You know, and I always, I always looked at my career as helping. And then it just turned out that something else would come along my way. And somebody saw that I helped. And next thing you know, it between my results and my, and my wanting to be um, sharing of whatever I've learned or could, could, um, could add value, I would get a promotion or a better. That's job. really, that's really key. I'm going to highlight that because for anybody in a retail career that sometimes it's feeling like I'm doing all the work and I'm not getting recognized and that, and obviously recognition is important, but if you're coming from a good place, if you have the work ethic and you're always there to help, which is what happened to me as well, along the way, I always moved up and got recruited because people were watching and people were seeing. And yeah. so, and that has never, even in my own business, never underserved me in, in yeah. giving more than what's expected of me, I think has gone a long way. And it sounds like the same for you, Lynn. Yeah, they, you know, and I've heard this a lot in my career from other people. Like, well, I'm doing all this work, but I'm not getting paid. The money will come, folks. <laughs> just, just do it. Just be so busy that you're not thinking about it, and it will come. Yeah. And that's what I—that's what the way that I've—I lived my retail career. I never really thought about when am I going to get my next pay raise. I was just so busy working that it—it it just came. Mm. So. You know, when I think about going from Claire's, um, I went to Wet Seal and I stayed in that junior apparel business, but now I started to pick up some volume. You know, the stores were bigger. Obviously, apparel is more money. The average transaction was higher. Um, I had the fortunate uh, opportunity to work in New York City again. as my, New York City was my district. Uh, some of the boroughs were my district, Long Island. And now here I was in these gigantic stores. And I honed my skills as a, as a visual merchandiser, as a DM, because I didn't really have a lot to work with in yeah. these little format stores. And now here I am, you know, 5,000 square foot store, 2,800 square foot store from these little tiny Claire's boxes 
um, I learned a lot and I picked up a lot of volume, a lot of um, great experience. Um, but, you know, just like so busy working, who's looking for a job? Not me, but the recruiters were out in full force. And structure at the time, if those of you who remember structure, um, was um, looking for a district manager. And, you know, I'm, I didn't know if men's was really for me. I didn't know if that was going to work. But I did think I started thinking more long term, like, I, I need to be well-rounded. I need to step out of the junior's box and into a box that I'm not as comfortable with and and work for a bigger company like Limited Brands. At the time, Structure was part of Limited Brands. Yeah. And that experience, no one could have <laughs> no one could have told me it would have been one of the best retail experiences of my life. Even though structure disappeared, it turned into Express. And I got to be part of Express for six years during their transition to Express Men's in these dual gender stores. And, and these stores were humongous. Um, I want to say at my height, I was doing $52 million wow. in a 10 store district. I mean, it was <clears throat> bananas. You know, Roosevelt Field had well over 100 employees during holiday. And, the amount of talent I got a chance to work with and the countless remodels, wonderful. Oh my so God. It sounds like, like I'm going to recap a little bit and then I'm going to yeah. jump into some more questions, but it sounds like when you're thinking about your career, like at the beginning, it was just go do the work, be helpful, mm -hmm. you know, be, you know, just go at it. And then as you started to grow into that multi-site, like more well-rounded, thinking about bigger box, bigger volume, different things, because that will make you more well-rounded, which will set you up for the future of when you grew into that executive role, right? Yes, yes, and a lot of it was by accident. I, I mean, I'd like to tell you how smart I am and strategic I was, but I don't know that I was so smart and strategic as much as I was excited by learning new things. Right. Um, by no means, and I'll just let everybody know this, I never thought in a thousand years I would be anything more than a store manager. And I was perfectly content with that. I didn't have like, like my eye on being a vice president or something. It just, I didn't think I had the skill. I wasn't a terrific student. I was, I, I just knew I was a hard worker and I loved people and loved to learn, but I never thought I had the skill set, the smarts, the uh, tenacity, all the things it takes to grow your career to that level. I didn't think I had it, mm. but I think other people saw that. And so going from that dual gender, big volume, you know, district to being a DM with, with Gap at Banana Republic, um, and then being promoted into a regional and then a director of stores for Levi's, all of these things happened mm -hmm. by way of being recruited. Um, I had at that point, I had never looked for a job. They always came to me. I was always too busy working to look for a job, never thought about it. Um, and those pay increases typically would come, the big ones would come when I changed roles or changed into a higher volume or a different position. So right. again, the money came. It wasn't like, why aren't people paying me for what I'm doing right now? Yeah. It was coming. And um, and it did, frankly. Yeah, and I had and I had the same experience. So I can hundred percent relate to that. Yeah, um, I wasn't going into retail either going, I want to be a vice president. I just had this, it's so similar, our path and that ethic of work ethic, being a good person, showing up for your people, being passionate, getting recruited. And then it just continued to grow. And I like people to hear that because retail is hard work. Oh. You know? 
you do a lot until you start moving up and then you're like hey now i'm making some good money then my then my family were like oh you got a real career now yeah right <laughs> now they're not like oh you poor thing you work retail it's like no i work retail yeah <laughs> like, but it's like you know you have to you have to like have some patience and you have to really love it and i think yeah. that the people that really shine through and really love it you make such an impact on people along the way and uh that's what it's all about right so we're gonna sh i know that you then went on because i want to shift gears into your mentorship but like then you went on from Levi's to Paxson and then to Benetton. And that's where you were. Yeah, that's where I was VP of uh, North America. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't remember Benetton, it was like the Abercrombie and Fitch of the 80s. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was really, um, for me, it was very um, nostalgic to, to work for that brand. Mm. But I, I do have to go backwards just a moment before we yes. move forward. I was a DM for about 15 years mm. and during that 15 years, or maybe it was 13, but during that time is when I really understood the value of your team, creating a team, being part of a team, inspiring, motivating, developing all of that, that kind of massaging of your management skills and leadership happened as a DM yeah. it happened mainly as a DM, because now you have to learn not just how to motivate and inspire, you have to do it over the phone. Mm. Right. You have to do it from a distance. You're not doing it as when, when you're a store manager, you can see your employees, you can see their physical reaction to your coaching and leadership. When you're a district manager and you have 13 stores, you're not seeing the faces of everyone all of the time and learning how to inspire and motivate and making sure that your message is heard is very different when, when you're a DM. And that was really where a lot of learning took place. That's such a good, that's so good. Because when I go into a store now, at least I was just in a store for the last couple of weeks, but like I, and people are like, oh, you were a vice president. I'm like, but 80% of my tenure in retail was floor based. Oh yeah. Right, DM, store visits. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was a vice president, but that's like 15% of the actual whole yeah. career that I had. And that's why I'm still very good in a store and still very connected to stores, right? Because yeah, I can yeah, learn I'll be honest with you. The, the worst part about being a VP or a director is having to sit at a desk and do yeah. office things. You know? um, I love to go to the meetings and be able to tell people about the field organization and what we need and what the feedback is and how we could do better. But I am a field person. First and foremost, yeah. I, am, I am a stores person. I am a leader. I want to be in front of the customer. I want to hear what they're saying. Um, being si Sitting at a desk as most retailers, we don't like it. We're not good at it. We get bored. Yeah. We want to be in the stores. And I think the most successful leaders uh, at that level, the director level and above, are those store-centric leaders, are those folks that understand that it all happens on the sales floor. And uh -huh. it all happens with your frontline employees. And uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to switch gears now <clears throat> and ask, oh, and I just saw Kevin Finnegan jumped on and said Lynn was a great DM. Oh, hi, Kevin. <laughs> All right, I'm going to switch gears. So, you know, I believe in mentorship. I talk a lot about that in my book, in my teaching philosophy around the ACT leadership methodology. So, you know, when you think about mentorship, you've obviously had some mentors in your career. One of the exercises in the workbook is to write a letter to a mentor and actually tell them why. Because a lot of people have them but don't really think about them. Um, so who are your mentors in your career? How many have you had? Who are they? And like, just share some small, you know, lessons learned from these mentors that you've had that we could take away. Oh boy. So at first thought, 
I figured, you know, I had a handful of mentors and they'll be easy to rattle off. But when I put pen to paper, there's about 10 people over the 25 year career that I can tell you changed my life. Um, they, some of them, they know they're my mentor and others would probably be very surprised to be on my list of people that have inspired me in such a way. Um, going back to my very first retail job as a sales girl in a clothing store, I had an assistant manager named Gina Scala. Gina must have been 22 at the time. She had just graduated FIT. Um, Gina was a mentor to me. I wanted to be like Gina. I wanted to look like Gina. I wanted to talk like Gina. I wanted to direct like Gina. And I haven't seen this woman in over 35 years. And today, I will tell you, she was one of the first leaders I ever worked with. Um, so that just gives you an idea. You don't know who you're inspiring and you don't know who's watching you. There's There are people out there like myself that are looking at the people that are on this call mm. and you don't know that they're watching you and you don't know that you're inspiring them. And uh, I think June is a great example of that. And this is going back a long, long time ago. And I have no idea where Gina is. So Gina, if you're watching, hi. Um, <laughs> people, when I was working for Speedo, Don Cook, amazing. I mean, I know Don for a very long time. I will tell you, he is a tough leader, but I learned so much from him. I didn't work for him. I worked with him, but I will tell you an amazing leader. And today he's doing amazing things as a regional manager uh, for many years with a very uh, important uh, shoe brand. So he's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Beth Rabbit, who was the president of Speedo, this woman took a look at a girl who was in her 20s and said, it's okay for you to be a DM. I trust you. You know what it means to young people when you tell them, I trust you. Mm -hmm. I believe in you. I, I haven't seen Beth uh, since 93. And mm -hmm. without Beth, none of this happens, right? So when you're looking in your stores and you're looking at the, the young talent, the, the, the very few things you say to them does resonate. And here I am uh, half a century years old. Well, yeah, um, and like we talked a little bit about this, this before we got on the call about the responsibility that we have when we're leading. That people don't really recognize when they're saying something, when they show up, how other people are watching. Like I was having a really quick conversation with my 18 year old son the other day who's now working in Burger King, right? Part time job, first job. And he has this manager that went to Wendy's and took him with her. <laughs> um, and he was telling me like how what she says to him. And he is so empowered by the small words that she says to him. And that's the power that we have as a leader. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, Kevin Finnegan, and uh, who is on the call, you just mentioned him. He, he aside from being a retail legend, Kevin, that you are, yeah. I learned. I, I still talk to Kevin, and I haven't worked with him in twenty years. And yeah. he inspires and motivates and teaches. And the the big thing I learned from Kevin is, just say it. Let's talk about it. What's the problem? Let's fix it. Don't you don't have to sugarcoat. Let's just get to the root of the problem and let's fix it. Mm -hmm. And that honesty and that integrity about really doing what's right for the business and listening to your team. Um, I learned so much from Kevin and I want to thank him if he's able to hear me. Um, the late Diane Nelson, 
she I can't even talk about without crying. So we're going to move on. Michael Weiss, the master merchant of Express. Michael doesn't know that he was a, uh, a mentor of mine. But every time Michael stood up and spoke, I, I learned so much compassion, empathy, tenacity. Uh, Michael Weiss is nothing short of a, a genius merchant and a, a true specialty retailer. Jane Wicks, I've learned from her so much. Jane now, now is in the hospitality business. But let me tell you, Jane was somebody that really understood the idea of people planning and really looking at a district or a region and saying, okay, who's next for what? And planning ahead, you could expect turnover. You could expect people to get promoted. You could expect people to you know, maybe fall off the radar. What are you doing about it as a DM? How do you fill those roles quickly? She was amazing. William Acevedo, he was my regional. Um, at I worked with William. Love him. Love I him. him. I Let felt like every time I had a store visit with him, this is what I would take away from him. He always really listened. Mm -hmm. And he had this mannerism around him that was very like, warm, inviting, calm. People would just gravitate towards him. Like when he came to my stores, I never felt like he was up here. Right. And, and when I became a VP, I always went into stores and I was like, I'm going to take my title off and I'm going to work really hard mm -hmm. to make sure people don't talk to me through my title. And I feel like that's what he had when he used to do store visits. I couldn't agree more. In mm -hmm. fact, I learned that during my interview with him. I met him on a Sunday at a Starbucks in Manhattan. And he was wearing street clothes. He wasn't wearing, you know, Banana Republic clothes. And he was, and I was like, well, you know, in my suit and nervous and all of that. And he's like, you need to calm down. He's like, <laughs> this is just a conversation. Like, don't worry about it. And he actually helped me negotiate my salary. He's like, well, what do you think you need to get paid? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really good at talking about that. You know, I'm good at talking about it for my people, but not for myself. Because, okay, this is gonna be our first coaching conversation during your interview. And he helped me negotiate my salary for the job he was potentially offering me. Wow. Totally great guy. Love William Acevedo. And, and finally, I'd say Robert Hansen from Levi's, um, who is a, an, just an amazing human being. And he is he has taught me so much about inclusion, inclu being inclusive, um, really leading with your heart and uh, making tough decisions and knowing where you fit and where you don't fit. Um, and so watching Robert from a distance, um, I have learned so much. And, and so that responsibility that we just spoke about as a leader, you are always leading, whether you're in your street clothes or you're working on a floor set, or you're doing a formal walkthrough, you're leading, people are watching you, you know, they're watching the good and the bad. I didn't go through the list of people that I have that I didn't learn anything from and that I learned, you know, I learned that there were people that can't read. From other people. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So, we, do know, I the, we do have a responsibility. We absolutely do. I say that all the time. I'm like, and you know, to me, it's about having that self-awareness and having that intentionality every day and, and actually being so self-aware that you do catch yourself and you do realize that all eyes are on you and the way that you behave and the way that you show up and just one word can change the way somebody feels about themselves. That's the beauty of retail. We get to lift people every day, empower oh, and teach them. So I used to say negativity is catching. And say so again? Negativity is catching. Mm. So if you're a leader and you just got word that you're doing a floor set on a particular day or you, they just cut your payroll or whatever they did, they, right? Mm. 
how you respond to that is how your people see you respond to that and how they're going to respond to things that they don't like. So negativity is catching in whatever you're doing, you're being watched. And and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I watched a Simon Sinek really snippet the other day and he was like talking to an employee in a hotel, big chain, and he was having a great experience. And, you know, Simon Sinek being Simon Sinek is like, why are you doing such a good job here? Like, what do you like about your job? And he's like, well, the managers and the leaders, they come by, they say hello. You know, it makes me feel really good. And I'm like, I, I love my job. And then I go across the street because I have two jobs. I'm working at this other hotel chain. And he's like, and there, I just want to be like, like in the background. I don't want anybody to see me. I, I just do the bare minimum because, you know, like the management there just doesn't make me feel good. And he was like, look at this one person, same person, but two different people in two different jobs. Why? Because of leadership, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's everything. Yeah, it's everything. All right. I can talk to you all day. We are coming up on time then. So building your retail career, how do you do it? What's your best words of advice to somebody that finds this and is listening and is like, I want to build my career. I want to do what Lynn and April did. I want to move up and like take on more. What, what's a good piece of advice that you would give them? Well, I'd say, you know, listen. I'd also say take advice. Mm. You know, sometimes, you know, when your leader, your boss, your manager, whatever you want to call them, when they give you advice, it's easy to be like, you know, I got this, don't worry. Pay attention. If somebody's giving you advice, there's a reason for it. Um, If you respect them and you've worked for them, I'd say pay close attention, adjust accordingly. Um, You can learn a lot from from people that have gone before you. Um, And and a lot of people have made mistakes and they don't want you to make the same mistakes. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's that element as well. Um, I've also a board of directors to me in a conversation that we had, and I love this. So I want you to share this. Yeah. So when I, when I decided to leave retail um, and do my own thing, that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. And I've made plenty of hard decisions in my life, personally and professionally. And what I did um, through the idea of one of my mentors is I created a personal board of directors. So what is that? Well, it's a combination of different things. It could be your spouse. It could be your best friend. It could be your boss. It could be a peer. But really having people from a diverse background who care about you, who you value their opinion, and really talk to them about your goals, your aspirations, and and really what are some of the things that you would like to accomplish. The board of directors will never steer you wrong. Mm -hmm. One, because they love you. And two, because they're all coming from a different place. They're not all retail leaders. They're not all business people, maybe. Maybe they're just people that care about you. But having people from these different walks of life who are your personal board of directors, you then can make a really educated decision about some really tough decisions that you're faced, whether it be changing a career, changing a job, taking a promotion, taking a relocation package, whatever it is, Mm. your board of directors will never steer you wrong. I love that. I do have people on my my text message and I'm like, I have to think this through with somebody who yeah. on my personal board, yeah. I think this through with because they have this that I need to have this objective opinion on. And maybe I don't have that knowledge or that skill set. So I love that. I think that's really key. And I tell that to young readers all the time. Find a mentor. You yeah. talked a lot about mentorship and what it did for you in your career. So now, Lynn, you've obviously come out of your retail career and you started your own business. So 
what are you doing now after all of these years of retail? How are you using all of this knowledge and expertise and this passion for what you've learned over the years? Well, I've been really uh, fortunate in a lot of ways, right? So I, I ended up with a, an amazing career and then I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. What's next? So just out of thin air, I decided I wanted to open a wine bar and I opened a wine bar and operated it for 11 years and uh, franchised the concept uh, into two different states, was able to sell those concepts and that was great. And then, you know, life happens, God has other plans and COVID happens. And then next thing you know it, there are no more restaurants, no more wine bars. And I was like, well, well that was fun for a decade. And so what I did was I took all my retail knowledge and all of my entrepreneurial knowledge from owning my restaurant for uh, over 10 years and learning how to franchise the concept I just want to take everything I know and help people. So I created a consulting company and now I am coaching and consulting folks that are opening small businesses or people that have transitioned out of retail into something else. And I absolutely love it. It's like this whole idea of people taking their hobby and making it into a business or they're taking their retail uh, experiencing, you know, I really want to open my own store. Oh my goodness. I've heard that a million times as a leader, you know, what are your future plans? I'd like to own my own store. Well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm helping people open their own businesses from scratch because retail teaches you a lot, but it doesn't teach you all of it. There's right. that whole home office piece that if you've only worked in the field, you don't really know about, you know, mm -hmm. you're not an expert at it. Um, and I'm happy to say that I made all the mistakes for you early on in my, in my hospitality and, and restaurant business. And, um, you know, the girl who thought she knew it all because she was a vice president of Benetton learned that, you know, there's there's a lot of other things like workers' comp insurance. So if you don't know about that or there's so there's a lot of things that go into owning your own business that retail does not set you up for. And um, having been able to do that for a decade, I'm, I'm really happy to share that. Um, with others. And I'm also doing some public speaking. So um, I've worked. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I've done some public speaking at Five Towns College here on Long Island. Um, a couple of women's groups, uh, ladies get paid, uh, as well as what women want. I love standing up in front of a group of people, whether it be young people, women, anybody that needs inspiration. And just be like, and be able to tell my story, answer questions. Um, show how humble uh you can be and i think people really resonate with that yeah uh, you know i well, think they really like that and it's well, true you've been, you've been an amazing guest <laughs> on the show Fun. i've learned a lot um about you and just your passion and enthusiasm and you know that's what i stand for i i say the positive effect that we have on the people that we lead the businesses that we engage with you know, that's the power of the retail community that I'm a part of and that I love to be connected to. So I'm so happy that we got connected and that we got you on this show finally. Um, and you can go back and read. There's a lot of comments, by the way. So you can go back and have a read of all the comments. Oh, I'm forward to that. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and, you know, to wrap up the show, I'm just going to say again, like, please share this with any of your peers like share it on your feeds tag somebody subscribe to the podcast through apple through spotify we really appreciate it and you know just have an amazing day and like go out and have a positive effect on the people that you work with
yeah and be intentional about it you know take that responsibility like lynn shared and you know take all these words of advice about how to build your career in retail or outside build your own store and so how do people get in touch with you lynn is linkedin the best way or how do we get in touch with you yeah so um there's lynnmione.com or um, you can email me at ldm at lindneoni.com and I would love the opportunity. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, I'm around. I'd love to talk to you guys. Um, any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, anything. I love sharing my story. And if, if you could feel like you could learn something from me, then awesome. Amazing. All right. So that wraps up the first episode of season three of the great. Thank you. Don't forget to get the book. <laughs> love, love, love the book. Gotta get the book. Oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.